Hey there, and welcome to the Dark Blue Nutrition Mindful Muscles Podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you 14 tips for taming your anxiety and for increasing mindful awareness and inner peace in your heart and soul. Wow. 10 seconds in and we're totally getting deep here, but I'm really excited to talk about this topic. It's not exactly a nutrition and fitness topic, but it's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because anxiety and panic attacks are things that I've dealt with for a very long time, as long as I can remember. And recently I've gotten a better feel for how to really cope with these emotions and really heal from the major anxiety and panic attacks that I once had. This isn't to say that I never ever experience anxiety or panic attacks, that's absolutely not true, but trust me, I used to have a very, very debilitating anxiousness and it really interfered with my life. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm a very naturally anxious person and I know that I'm definitely not the only person out there, especially in the day and age of technology that struggles with this. So I thought it would be important to share with you kind of my best tips on how to deal with anxiety and panic attacks. And some of them are direct tips Some of them are kind of quotes that really stood out to me and inspired me to start healing. And other things are just quick and easy things that you can apply right now to your day to feel a little less anxious. So I hope that these 14 things help. And if you guys follow me on my YouTube channel, this is actually my part two to my two-part series of 28 things that I've learned at 28 years old. So if you want to see part one of that, make sure to check out YouTube and check out my nutrition tips because part one is 14 tips that are more so related to nutrition and mindfulness and mindful eating. And this one is more related to anxiety, mental health, coping, and different revelations that I've had that have changed my life. So without further ado, let's get into the tips because we have a lot of things to cover. Now, the first tip I have for you is that healing from anxiety starts with non-judgmental awareness. So this even applies to how I healed from my eating disorder and how I healed my relationship with food and how you can do the same thing. And I recommend clients do the same thing or friends. No matter who you are, you cannot change from a place of shame and so Practicing non-judgmental awareness on yourself is one of the most um, biggest revelations that I've had and it's one of the biggest things that I recommend that you implement if you are trying to heal, whether it's from your relationship with food or heal from anxiety. Try to recognize those thoughts that cause you distress and reframe them. I have a wonderful app that I use all the time called Sanvelo and I can link it in the description. And this is a great app. The thoughts category of this app is an amazing tool that helps you recognize these catastrophic thoughts and really pick apart each sentence of your thoughts and your worries and reframe them into more positive, uh, uplifting, and even not just positive, like neutral thoughts. This isn't a way to gaslight yourself into thinking that nothing ever is going to go wrong and that nothing can ever be wrong and that you have to always be a positive person. Trust me, I am a pessimistic person. I'm with you. I'm not always a positive person, but this helps me at very least, at very minimum, neutralize my thoughts, whether it's with food, whether it's with my body, or whether it's my anxiety. So an example of a catastrophic thought is you're about to go on a trip or you're about to drive even down to the city. 
beforehand, you're wondering all the things that could go wrong in this instance. So what if your tire pops on the way there? What if you have a panic attack while you're driving and you can't breathe and you get in a crash? What if your phone dies and then you're on the side of the road and you can't call anybody? I'm really good at (laughs) coming up with catastrophic thoughts in my head because this is my personal experience. But reframe them into something that recognizes your feelings and doesn't discount them, but also that kind of gives you reassurance that no matter what happens, you will be able to get through it. So maybe you can change all those thoughts too. I'm nervous, I'm anxious, and I understand that and feel it. But I know that I can charge my phone before I go to make sure it doesn't die on me. I'll bring an extra charger. I can make sure that before I go, I have some some cold water so when I feel a panic attack coming on, I can take a sip and relax myself. And even if I got into a crash, someone would see me, someone would help me, and I had the tools to reach out to who I need to to get home safe and sound. You know, just just find a way to reassure yourself that everything is going to be okay and then chances are you're not going to have as big of a panic episode if any if you reassure yourself again and again tip number two is to find small healthy escapes that occupy your mind so one thing that i really love and that you probably know if you've seen me on instagram is i love painting my nails that's something that is not only something that i just think is fun because I have pretty nails, which obviously I like that part too, but it's kind of a meditative thing. You really have to concentrate on painting each stroke correctly and shaping your nails and going through the process of base coat, middle coat, top coat. It it seems really weird and really uh, odd to say, but I find nail painting therapeutic. Now, when I started nail painting, let's just say uh, it was not therapeutic. It was stress-inducing because I wasn't good at it. But you don't have to be great to start at something, but you have to start to be great at something. So people tell me all the time they suck at nail polish, but it just comes with practice. So it doesn't even have to be nail polish. It can be reading, journaling, guided meditation. These are all things that I like to incorporate, but find what you enjoy. It doesn't have to be any of these things, and it could be all of these things. I enjoy reading because it occupies my mind, and I don't think the thoughts that I'm thinking (laughs) when I'm stressed. When I'm journaling, I can kind of word vomit onto the page, and that lets those thoughts out, and sometimes I just write things out, write my thoughts out, and tear up the piece of paper. It doesn't have to be something that you keep in an elaborate journal. It can be on a piece of paper. It can be on an app like Penzu, which you can do online journaling in. It can be in a Word doc, anything like that. Guided meditation is another amazing thing. I've used Budify and Headspace and different meditation apps. My favorite so far is Insight Timer, so I highly recommend that. But just doing meditation a couple times a week really helps me and my baseline anxiety just lower that baseline anxiety just a little bit so I feel more calm going into anxiety-producing situations. Tip number three is not going to be for everyone, and I totally understand that. 
And that's using crystals for intention setting. You don't have to use crystals if that's not something you're into. And I know that it's totally sounds a little woo woo, but they really help set intentions, which I believe helps with setting goals and achieving goals. So I can make a whole video on this, tag me in Instagram and let me know if you would actually watch something like this. But essentially in the morning, I grab a crystal that I'm drawn to for that day. And after that, I do a little research on what exactly that crystal represents and what it means. And this is just a fun way to set my intention for the day because each crystal has its own meaning. So I kind of treat it like a horoscope. Just for example, today I have the citrine and tiger's eye crystals out and tiger's eye represents releasing things that are blocking your way. To me, that really represents my headspace right now. I believe that I have blocks up all the time, barriers to my goals that I want to knock down. And so this, every time I look at it near my desk, I have it by my computer. Every time I look at it, I know that I need to bust down those blocks and it really helps me. Citrine, if you're curious, citrine has to do a lot with fortune and good luck and prosperity. Citrine also relates to abundance. So whatever that means to you, um, I use it kind of in combination with the tiger's eye to represent abundance in my thoughts and in money and finances and in my business. I love them and I think that crystals don't have to be this weird thing. They can really just be something that helps boost your mood and that helps you set intentions for the day. I encourage them if you're into that kind of thing, but if you're not, then you can of course use different things like just writing down your goals to set intentions for the day. Tip number four is that mindful meditations only truly work when you practice your calm throughout the whole entire day. So what I mean by this is don't just meditate and be done with it. Practice mindful awareness throughout the whole entire day to truly feel its impact. As I mentioned before, I use Insight Timer for a majority of my meditations, and so I definitely recommend checking them out. But that's comparable to if you worked out 30 minutes a day, which is a wonderful thing, but then you're sedentary the rest of the day, and you don't move from the couch the rest of the day. It's not going to benefit you as much as it would if you were exercising 30 minutes a day and then also being gently active throughout the rest of your day. That's something that I have to remind myself all the time because sometimes I'll go from a meditation to just being super stressed out about something or feeling like I have to be productive in some way, shape, or form. And it's, it's one of those things. It's a process and you have to sometimes just remind yourself over and over that you want to practice being mindful and setting that intention throughout your entire day. Tip number five is that caffeine can have way bigger impacts on you than you think and impacts specifically on your anxiety. So, okay, don't shut this podcast off. I'm not telling you that you have to cut coffee out of your life. I am way too much of a coffee lover to ever cut coffee out of my life entirely unless I absolutely had to. But make sure to assess whether or not you need to cut back a little bit. I have friends that have five cups of coffee today. I also have friends that have two or three or even just one. And I used to be the two or three category person. I would have up to three cups of coffee 
And I would think that I was just immune to it and that coffee didn't impact me in any way, shape, or form. But it wasn't true. Eventually, I adopted the one cup per day mentality, maximum two. And then I realized after coming off coffee that it really had messed with my gut, my mood, and my cortisol levels. And again, I love coffee, but I learned that consuming less was just better overall for my anxiety, especially in moments where I knew ahead of time that I was going to be anxious that day. So if I had a presentation, I would cut back on coffee a day or two in advance. And even before my period, I cut back on coffee just because I know that A, it's going to affect my stomach and my gut really bad. And also because I know that it can affect other parts of me, like my stress hormones. So again, don't cut out coffee if you love coffee. Coffee is a, a godsend for sure. I'm with you. But if you need to, and if you're someone that was like me in the old days, just reassess, see what you can do. And maybe you can even decaf coffee later in the day or even half-calf. They have half-calf available in some grocery stores and that is a really good option as well if you just want a little boost, but not too much. So the next four things that I'm going to share with you are wise words that have stuck with me throughout the years. They are quotes either directly or indirectly, and I hope that they can be something that you write down to and something that you can put on your fridge or in your phone or as your phone background that can inspire you as well. The first one is treat yourself like you would treat a friend. I know you've heard this one before and I know it's cheesy, but the way I have talked to myself with anxiety and panic attacks in the past is absolutely the most horrendous thing. You don't even want to know the things that I've said to myself. And I know that you've probably done the same thing. And I want to remind you that the more you treat yourself like a friend, the less anxiety that's going to be introduced to your life. Part of what makes us so, so anxious is our response to anxiety and our response to panic and our response to our emotions. And so the more you treat yourself like you would a friend, I think the calmer and the more peaceful you'll be mentally and physically. Quote number two is your belief is simply a thought that you practice over and over again until it's true. I'll say that again. Your belief is simply a thought that you practice over and over again until it's true. So with this one, maybe you can ask yourself, is there anything that's a belief of mine that is not serving me anymore? Is there something that I believe that I don't think is true, but that I just keep telling myself? I've done this so many times. And again, I know you've done it too. So think over this one. You might catch it now. You might think of one now and you might think of one later. But write down what beliefs about yourself are no longer serving you. The third quote is that mindfulness isn't just about attention. It's how we pay attention. So mindfulness is not just about attention. It's about how we pay attention. So it has a lot to do with how kind we are to ourselves in the process, not just being mindful and peaceful and, you know, woo-woo all day long. It's about being gentle 
and non-judgmental of yourself. So think about this too. Don't just do your meditations and then be mean to yourself. Do your meditations and use that as a platform and a, a, a diving board to being thoughtful and considerate to yourself the rest of the day. And then the fourth quote is, what you practice grows for better or worse. So what you practice grows. I'm very guilty of this. I want to be good at things that I've never done before. I want to be good at podcasting and I've only done four episodes. I want to be good at video and I've done 115 episodes or 115 videos. And that may seem like a lot to you, but I'm still not satisfied with the quality of the videos each and every time. Don't get me wrong. I love the stuff that I create and that's the reason I put it out there. And I want to teach people more than I care about myself and how I look or how good or not good I am. But I would never get to the point of success without even starting. And I would never get better progressively if I hadn't have started and continued. So remember this when you are starting something new. What you practice will always grow. And this can be the opposite. This can be a negative thing. If you practice self-depreciation and negative self-talk and treating yourself like crap, that practice only grows the more you do it. So you can do the exact opposite or you can keep going in that direction. But remember that you have a conscious choice to go one way or the other. And I know that you want to go the route of taking care of yourself long-term because you're listening to this podcast. I know you care about your mental well-being and healing from anxiety. So take it one step at a time and Remember that what you practice will always grow. All right, we're getting into the last of it. Thank you for sticking with me and I hope you're gaining some knowledge and some tips that you can apply this week. We have four more things left to talk about and then we are done. All right, so the last four things are some instant mood boosters that always boost my mood. They always help me and it never fails. And I think they'll help you too. And in fact, some of these you might already be doing yourself. The first one is therapy. So I know this is a really taboo topic and I'm honestly not really afraid to talk about it. I think that therapy is, for some reason, it's like it used to be a taboo topic, but it's being more talked about in the millennial generation and beyond. Everyone should be in therapy. It's not just for mental health disorders or people who quote unquote are crazy. Everyone has trauma. Everyone has anxiety of some sort or worries that they have. Everyone has turmoil and challenges in their relationships and friendships. I found it really healing and really beneficial to work alongside my anxiety with therapy instead of fighting against it. And I think it's just one of those things. It's like therapy is like having a friend that you can always vent to and it's a, it's kind of a one-sided relationship. 
you get all the benefit and they don't. And you can't really do that in a relationship or a friendship. You you have to, you know, have it not 50-50 per se, but you have to have back and forth, give and take. And with therapy, I think you get that chance to just unleash all your thoughts and feelings and not feel selfish about it. And I think that is super valuable. The next thing that I will say that always helps me and boosts my mood is watching my favorite show. There's something about watching your favorite show that gives you like that comfort, nostalgia, and predictability. And typically, like if you're like anything like me, I rewatch my favorite shows. So rewatching a show that I kind of already know how it's going to go, and I already know the characters really well, and I maybe know some of the quotes in that. that that's, that's the stuff that really helps me when I'm feeling anxious is re-watching something that I've already watched. So uh, what are your favorite shows? Let me know in Instagram or let me know in the YouTube comments if you're watching this on YouTube. My favorite shows of all time, I would have to say, are How I Met Your Mother is number one, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, The Office, Parks and Rec, and Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad isn't exactly the best one if you're having anxiety, but it is a great show. Like, let me tell you. But sometimes that's just what we need when we are anxious is something that is predictable. And the next tip is, of course, you probably guessed that this would be in here, exercise. Exercise is a huge mood booster for me. And it's one of the reasons why I love not only nutrition, but the combination of nutrition and fitness. It instantly releases endorphins and more exercise. You get more muscular, more cardiovascularly healthy, more cardiovascularly healthy. Wow, that was a long word. And I don't know if it's actually a word, but you get your heart pumping, you get your muscles pumping, and you feel amazing. And the more, I don't know about you, I'm not going to lie, the more muscular I feel, the more confident I feel. So I like feeling toned, and I think most of us could probably agree with that. And even if you don't have strength training goals, just doing cardio or doing an exercise with your friend or riding your bike is something that will instantly boost your mood. And then with that, the last thing that really helps me is getting outside and walking or just getting outside in the sun. You don't even have to do any exercise. You can, of course, pair exercise with nature and get double benefits. You even get that vitamin D in there. But nature is just a primal, natural endorphin booster. I think that we are primed to want to see green and want to see the sky and want to see the sun because our bodies need that. And the more that you can get outside or even just bring some house plants in your house and get your house looking more green, you still need to go outside. But the more you do all of these things, the better you'll feel. All right, so I hope you found some of these tips valuable and I hope you check the description for anything that I mentioned in this video to get more strategies to add to your tool belt. I highly recommend the Sinvelo app for reframing your anxious thoughts. That's one of the things that I highly recommend. And then also Insight Timer for meditations. And of course, you can check out the Dark Blue Nutrition YouTube channel for more mindfulness tips as well. I really appreciate you hanging out with me today and I hope that we can start a conversation on 
Instagram or somewhere else where it's easier to have a back and forth conversation. You can even DM me if you'd like, but I'm really passionate about sharing my story because I know that it's not always something that everyone likes to talk about. So if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling alone, um, know that you're not alone. The Dark Balloon community is here for you. I'm here for you and know that you're not the only one feeling this way, especially if you're listening to this in 2020. So many of us are struggling right now. And I think the more we talk about it with each other, the better that we'll feel mentally and physically. And soon we'll be able to see each other and hang out with each other more. But until then, I think we need to connect as much as possible and connect with a friend, connect with a family member over FaceTime, or if you are quarantining with people that you love, hanging out with them. We are all in this together. So thank you again for hanging out with me today, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.